emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into this. And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Journalist Carolyn Clifford. As journalists, we just have to keep doing what we're doing day in and day out. And all we can do is report the truth in a non-biased manner, and everything else will work itself out. Activist and thought leader Marcia L. Dyson. Obviously not Nancy Pelosi, because again, because of social media, she said what she said, but that she's not going to be the one who stopped. Uh, her colleagues from not only thinking out loud, but talking out loud, whoever they are, authentically. Pastor and intellectual, Dr. Frederick Haynes III. In the black church, according to the uh, brilliant author and historian and scholar, L.H. Welchel, uh, he said the black church was born as a protest movement. Uh, that's the reason the black church came to be. And if we're going to be honest to uh, scripture, 
I mean, the church itself uh, came out protesting. It was a movement of prophetic witness uh, to, you know, the insurrection of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemmons. And you're tuned in to the show is giving voice to issues that matter to you. That's right, guys. This is the college and pro football kickoff show. As you saw uh, in the link that we shared on social media, those of you are listening on tonight, get excited. This is the first our first show of this kind on the Thinking Out Loud radio show and featuring former All-Pro wide receiver Derek Mason. So glad to have him on the show with us on tonight. Before we get into all of that, I want to give you a Labor Day greeting. I uh, hope you guys had a wonderful Labor Day. I did as well. Watched a lot of football. Watched a lot of football over the entire weekend starting on Thursday, man. And uh, we're going to be talking football all uh, show long. I'm telling you guys, just uh, excited about this kind of show. Again, I hope you all enjoyed your Labor Day. You didn't eat too many ribs. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you, 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 you kind of um, you got some rest, got some relaxation on Labor Day. But uh, this show, again, we're talking football from start to finish. Just about, I'm telling you, college and pro football kickoff. This week, uh, official start of college football, August the 24th and running all the way through uh, this week. And uh, the pro football uh, kickoff is Thursday of this week, uh, uh, Green Bay versus Chicago at Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois. So I'm telling you guys, this is going to be a great show. Can't wait to share this interview with uh, with you from my, my good friend, former All-Pro wide receiver, Derek Mason. Uh, him and I go way back, Mumford High School, Michigan State um, University. Uh, this is a tremendous young man, done, uh, has had a stellar football career. And the timing of this interview could not have been any better. He reached out to us, um, I would say, maybe about a week or so ago, and we were able to get an interview in. Didn't even really dawn on us that uh, college football was starting uh, officially starting this week as well as pro football. So it was just a, the timing of this interview was great. In fact, we even talked about um, his Hall of Fame career, uh, Jay-Z in the NFL, Colin Kaepernick, Andrew Luck, and a whole lot more. Hey, Derek, you know, the one thing we didn't talk about was Michigan State football. So we got to have you back on, man, so you can talk about Michigan State football with Mark D'Antonio, and you can talk about your career as a Spartan as well, and, uh, you know, kind of give us a little bit of the history of the rivalry of Michigan State versus U of M, and kind of give us some stories and whatnot uh, about that rivalry and and what it means to you. We're going to have you back on uh, as our guest for Michigan and Michigan State Week, so uh, let's book that right now. <laughs> yeah, we got to have you back on the show. Also, we want to take a minute to uh, acknowledge, acknowledge and um, 
to send our thoughts and prayers to the families of the seven victims who lost their lives uh, due to the domestic terrorist attack that took place uh, over the weekend um, in, in in Odessa, Texas. It just was so um, unfortunate that these young that these individuals lost their lives. I think it was seven killed and 22 individuals that were injured uh, in this uh, violent attack. Uh, this was at least, according to CBS News, the 38th mass killing this year. Authorities said the suspect killed seven people and injured at least 22 others Saturday before officers killed him outside a busy movie theater in Odessa, Texas. It's just so sad and, and senseless. Um, FBI Special Agent Christopher Combs said the gunman was on a long spiral down before the shooting on the day he was fired. He went to work that day in trouble, Combs said. He said the place where the suspect lived was a strange residence and that the condition reflected what his mental state was going into this. So, you know, I, I, you know, words escape me at the moment um, in talking about this, but certainly our thoughts and prayers go out to those families that have lost loved ones as a result of this, and even to those, um, you know, this being the 38th mass killing this year, um, to all those families that have lost loved ones as a result of this makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, but um, just know that, um, you know, the people here, the Thinking Out Loud radio show, love and care for you. And our thoughts and prayers are with you. And uh, earth hath no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Also sending our thoughts and prayers to those that are going through this uh, hurricane right now that's kind of ripping through uh, parts of uh, Puerto Rico and Florida. Um and um, I know it's it's terrible. Even the Bahamas is is getting some of that as well. So we want to keep you in mind and let you know that we're thinking about you and praying for you as well. Uh, we might even have some listeners uh, in those areas. But we just want to let you know that um, we are thinking about you. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. And we pray God will protect you and keep you in the midst of these uh, turbulent times that you're experiencing God is a keeper. We know God is a uh, protector, and um, and we, we believe God is going to uh, protect his people and cover you uh, in the midst of all of this. Just know that God is with you. And we're going to be talking college football and pro football during our What Are You Thinking About segment coming up. Uh, giving you a brief summary of some of the games of note that took place in the week that was uh, college football. And we're going to be talking about how our two local teams did, Michigan and Michigan State, and uh, giving you our analysis of their games as well. Uh, then capping off this, what are you thinking about, segment? we want to give you an update on the Detroit Youth Choir and uh, and their performance on last Tuesday, August the 27th on America's Got Talent, as well as um, how they did and, you know, what they're doing now in Los Angeles. So we're going to give you a little bit of insights uh, on um, what the Detroit Youth Choir is up to now that they've made it to the semifinals. So I know you don't want to miss that. And, of course, we have a dynamic thought of the week for you on tonight. I uh, can't wait to share this thought with you. 
So we're asking the question on tonight, is God a sports fan? That's right. You heard me correctly. In our thought of the week for tonight's show, we're asking the question, is God a sports fan? You don't want to miss this thought of the week. So needless to say, we've got another dynamic show in store for you. So that being said, let's get to it. You is live. A sea of race fists and silence. 2020 fight is getting very real. Democrats jumping in, speaking out. Jussie Smollett. A month ago, few people knew who he was. You're watching The Breakfast Club. If you take it all into consideration, Stephen A. Listen, the argument that where, where you absolutely disgust me. I'm D-Lemon right now. How you feeling? Better than I deserve. You feel better today? I'm getting there. Yeah. What are you thinking about? feel it guys i'm excited this is a september 3rd edition of the what are you thinking about segment where we talk about everything and everybody and as we said earlier this is going to be a football heavy segment we're giving you a quick recap of some of the marquee games that took place this past uh week the official start of college and pro football that's right um the uh, first official uh, college football game of the season took place on Saturday, August 24th with no uh, number eight, Florida versus Miami. Florida eked out a victory against uh, the Miami Hurricanes, 24-20. to That was a good game. Miami was trying to co- make a comeback, but Florida held on to win that game, 24-20 to on Saturday, August 24th. Then on Thursday, the 29th, Number one, Clemson versus Georgia Tech. I'm telling you guys, that was a game right there, but it was a blowout. Clemson really just flexed their muscles uh, defending national champs against Alabama. Uh, Guys, these guys look pretty much indefensible uh, on the the, uh, gridiron, I'm telling you. Number one, Clemson versus Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was really just outmatched in that game, so it was a blowout, but... Uh, we're interested to see how this season plays out. You know, Clemson is the eyes-on favorite to make it back to the college football playoffs. So we'll see if they end up um, defending their national championship uh, at the end of this season. And, of course, number 18, MSU versus Tulsa, uh, played on um, Friday, August the 30th, MSU. Uh, defeats Tulsa 28-7. to That's right, my Spartans uh, held serve on their home uh, field. MSU's defense, as usual, looks stellar on Friday night, holding Tulsa to a school record of negative 73 rushing yards. 
Uh, but MSU's offense still needs some improvement. In fact, some analysts are saying that the offense looks the same or worse than last year. But I'm not ready to, to say that. I would say that their offense needs improvement. Mark D'Antonio has made some moves with his coaching staff, really just um, shifting some uh, coaches around. We'll see if that works or not, but we can still see that they're running some of the same uh, plays uh, that they have in the past. Um, but one thing I will say about Mark D'Antonio is um, this is the first game, and usually during the non-conference, he is very careful not to show his card. So I guarantee you, those that have watched or watching Michigan State, you have not really seen them, uh, you know, seen their offensive playbook. He is, he is a poker player, trust me. And uh, he, this is what he has done in the past, and I believe this is what he's going to continue to do in the future. Uh, so I, I think Michigan State season is still ahead of them. Their defense is stellar. I just want their offense to improve. But I think we're going to see improvements if I, if uh, everyone stays healthy. Uh, Michigan State's offense continues to get better each and every week. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing what they're going to do. Next game is against Western Michigan uh, at home. So I think that'll be another win for us. And then we bring in Arizona State University. We lost to them last year on the road. But now they're coming uh, into our uh, our stadium this year. So looking forward to a good rematch. And uh, I think at that point you'll really start to see Michigan State's offense start to click. So uh, we'll be looking forward to, to seeing what they're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks. Number 19, Wisconsin versus South Florida. They blew the doors off of South Florida, 49-0. to Heisman candidate Jonathan Taylor, 16 carries, 135 yards, two touchdowns. This guy is a beast. I'm telling you, he is a stud. And uh, I definitely see him making a trip to New York for that Heisman Trophy presentation. Whether he wins it or not is still uh, up in the air. A lot of games to be played, but he's definitely making his mark, letting everyone know that he is one of the, um, the one of the uh, premier backs in the Big Ten, if nothing, and if not in college football. So uh, keep your eyes on Jonathan Taylor, number nineteen, Wisconsin. Some of the games of note on Saturday the 31st, Alabama versus Duke. Alabama blew the doors off of uh, Duke 42-3. There was a slow start there, but Tua, once he got going, he uh, really made a statement there. Alabama, again, blew the doors off of Duke uh, 42-3. And then Michigan, number seven, Michigan versus Middle Tennessee 40-21. I believe the spread was 35 points. Uh, Michigan did not uh, beat Middle Tennessee by 35, so they didn't cover. Uh, you know, these are, are the media darlings. U of M Wolverines offense at times looked pedestrian, in my opinion. In fact, uh, Middle Tennessee started off leading that game 7-3 for most of the first quarter. Uh, and Michigan kind of got themselves together, and I guess uh, took this opponent seriously. And, um, and, be, and started to, um, you know, just play a real game. But we all know uh, what, you know, the first month or so looks like for them. They're the media darlings right now, and they can do no wrong. The September Heismans, their quarterback, Shea Patterson, is a Heisman candidate. Don't really believe that. Um, 
you know, they're talking Big Ten championships and college football playoffs and whatnot. They haven't done anything like that or close to it since the 2003-2004 season. So, you know, it remains to be seen. So we'll see what U of M ends up doing when they get to the month of November when they play teams like, you know, I don't know, Michigan State, Ohio State, (laughs) Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, you know, when they start to play teams of note uh, in, uh, you know, this big big 10 schedule uh, that they have. So I'm not really, uh, you know, buying into the hype that the media is putting out there about them, you know, representing the big 10 in the college football playoffs. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> uh, moving on, number 11, Oregon versus number 16, Auburn. That was a great game at AT&T Stadium. Auburn pulled out the victory 27-21. Gus Malzahn uh, pulled one out of the hat, pulled a rabbit out of his hat. Trust me, they were uh, down. Auburn uh, was was trailing most of that game, and they eked out a victory against the number 11 Oregon Ducks, 27-21. And number three, Georgia versus Vanderbilt. Quarterback Jake Fromm threw for 156 uh Yards, I believe it was, yeah, 156 yards and one touchdown against uh, Vanderbilt, 30-6. And number five, Ohio State versus Florida Atlantic. New head coach Ryan Day stepping in, taking over, taking the the reins uh, after uh, Urban Meyer announced his retirement on last season. Uh, Number five, Ohio State beat Florida Atlantic 45-21. Moving on to the Sunday slate of games. Number three, Oklahoma versus Houston. <coughs> 49 to 31. Transfer quarterback Jalen Hurst threw for 332 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that guy is unbelievable. Transfer from Alabama. You know, that was dual quarterbacks there uh, last season. Tua and Jalen Hurts and you know, Tua won the starting job uh, outright, and so Jalen really had to make a decision on what he was going to do, and so he transferred to Oklahoma and became a Sooner. Now he is the starting quarterback there, and he is really making a name for himself over in Oklahoma. Again, throwing for 30, 332 yards and three touchdowns. And the Monday night game uh, yesterday was... Um, Number nine, Notre Dame versus uh, Louisville. Uh, that was a great game as well. It was Louisville's home opener. And uh, the score ended up being 35-17 to 17 in favor of Notre Dame. But the Louisville Cardinals got a great quarterback in Juwan Pass. This guy is um, awesome and made it interesting in the first quarter with not one but two rushing touchdowns, put up 134 yards passing, um, you know, I think they're going to do pretty well. You know, we'll see. And, of course, uh, Notre Dame's uh, quarterback, Ian Book, uh, is definitely um, doing that as well. He put up 194 yards and one touchdown. So, you know, this game was uh, back and forth for a little bit in the first half. But then Notre Dame kind of, um, you know, ran away with it in the second half. But it was still an interesting game nonetheless. So, um, you know, this season of college football is going to be great, guys. A lot of, you know, 
potential upsets. Uh, you know, I just really love college football. I hope you do as well. Tuning in on tonight during our college and pro football kickoff. And, of course, on Thursday of this week is the NFL's official kickoff uh, with the Chicago Bears hosting the uh, Green Bay Packers at Soldier Field. So we got some great uh, games coming up. And, uh, you know, uh, I again, I'm excited about uh, this season, excited about my Michigan State Spartans and keeping hope alive and staying optimistic because a lot of games to be played here uh, in the fall. Best best time of the year. <laughs> And, of course, we want to give you a quick update on uh, the Detroit Youth Choir. These guys, I'm just so, so very proud of this group of young people that are representing the city of Detroit so well on um, probably one of the biggest stages in America, America's Got Talent. These guys did a tremendous job. If you missed their performance on last Tuesday, August the 27th, it was incredible. In the words of one of uh, America's Got Talent's most famous judges, Simon Cowell, it was bloody fantastic. <laughs> but if you missed their performance, they performed a song called The Champion, uh, performed originally by Carrie Underwood. Take a listen.
so yeah, as you can see, the Detroit Youth Choir did their thing. Man, did they do their thing, and we're just so proud of them. Voting opened up immediately after their performance, and it was uh, open until 7 a.m. the next day, and I voted. Um, you know, I gave them all 10, 10 of my votes, uh, you know, which I believe was the max you could give uh, for each act, and uh, they're deserving of it, and, you know, just... Uh, just so proud of these young people they are representing our city well uh, those that listen to the show know that they are our adopted choir uh, we've had Anthony White the director on several times and we plan to have him on again uh, to talk about their experiences in Los Angeles with America's Got Talent once the dust settles uh, but um, we want you to go out and vote for them they're going to be on the show on September 10th uh, they're having extended stay out of LA now that they made it to the semifinals and they're rehearsing three hours a, uh, a day in school, three hours a day. So uh, they're they're on a very uh, intense schedule out there in Los Angeles, but they're having fun at the same time. Uh, Anthony White just texted me and um, and let me know that um, that they're having fun in Los Angeles, and um, I just told him, man, you're making our city proud. We're just so proud of you guys, and can't wait to talk to you once everything. Um, is said and done so again they're going to be on the show September 10th if you want to know how to vote for these great young people just go to NBC.com forward slash AGT that's right NBC.com forward slash AGT and click the vote um, menu option on that page it'll give you all the information you need on how you can vote for the Detroit Youth Choir on September the 10th NBC.com forward slash AGT because we want to see them in the America's Got Talent finals. They are so deserving of this. And um, this is the kind of feel good story that Detroit needs. I'm telling you, everything that's going on in our city uh, is really just a, a feel good story. And as an added bonus, we just found out today that the Detroit Youth Choir is going to be the halftime show doing the Detroit Lions home opener on September the 15th. That's right, guys. You heard it here first on the America on uh, Thinking Out Loud radio show that the Detroit Youth Choir is going to be the halftime show for the Detroit Lions when they play uh, the the uh, San Diego Chargers on September the 15th. That's right. So, so proud of these young people. They're continuing to make our city proud. Well, that was the September 3rd edition of the What Are You Thinking About segment. If you have any questions or comments, you can add us on the gram or Twitter at TOL Radio Host MSN. Or hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show or go to our website, michaelnimmons.com. We would love to hear from you. Well, we're getting ready to take our first break of the night, but when we come back, we're getting right into my interview with my good friend, former all pro wide receiver Derek Mason on our college and pro football kickoff show. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking
giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. This is meteorologist Denise Isaac from NBC10 Boston wishing radio host Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show a happy two-year anniversary. Wishing you many, many more. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. That you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you get you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Miss the show featuring political strategist and president of American Urban Strategies, Wayne Bradley. This conversation we want to have today is about President uh, Donald Trump and the other in uh, President Barack Obama. Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. And why the economy's exploded more. I give credit to both of them for doing their part, but Donald Trump has done just that much better of a job when it comes to the economy. Now, uh, in terms of behavior and style points, Obama, again, was a a, a politician before. Uh, I just think overall, if it wasn't for the antics, the the Twitter, and things of that nature, uh, people would look at his presidency a lot different. This is radio host Michael Nimmons, and yes, it's tax time. Haven't filed yet? No worries. We've got the place for you. Consumer Tax Clinic. Take it from someone who knows. They will sit down with you, go over your return, give great advice, and look for the best possible return options. Let the experts at Consumer Tax Clinic help you get the refund you never thought you could. They did it for me. Let them do it for you. Call Consumer Tax Clinic 
at 248-395-0078. That's 248-395-0078. Or visit their website at ConsumerTaxClinic.com. That's ConsumerTaxClinic.com. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. All right, everybody, we are back on another great edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and I'm just excited about this next guest that I'm. Uh, have the pleasure of, um, of 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 talking to uh, doing this um, this segment, man. I, I'm, he's a he's been a good friend of mine, and I'm just so uh, proud of him and all the things that, that he's been able to do and uh, has done. Uh, and I want to before we get into his interview, I want to give him a proper uh, introduction. He's a former wide receiver who played for 15 seasons in the National Football League, drafted by the Tennessee Oilers in the fourth round of the 97 NFL Draft after playing college football for the Michigan State Spartans. Go Spartans! Following eight seasons with the Oilers and the Titans, including two Pro Bowl selections in 2000-2003, he signed with the Baltimore Ravens in 2005. Becoming the Ravens' all-time leading wide receiver with 5,777 yards from 2005 to 2010. He spent 2011 with the New York Jets and Houston Texans, retiring as a Baltimore Raven on June 11, 2012. Nominated for the NFL Hall of Fame in 2019 along with former teammate and Titans QB Steve McNair. He is currently the president and CEO of the Derrick Mason Foundation, and he's a morning radio show host for 102.5 The Game, a sports radio station based in Nashville, Tennessee. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to former NFL All-Pro wide receiver and sports radio host, my good friend, Derrick Mason. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Derrick. It's a far cry from um, those days at Muffin High School. Man. <laughs> wow. Wow. Thank you so much for being on the show with us tonight, man. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, we, uh, those that are listening on the night, uh, Derek and I, when I say we go way back, we go way back. Mumford High School, Mumford Mustang, but Derek played football for the Mumford Mustangs. And then he and I went to Michigan State. Again, he was there when I got to Michigan State already, uh, playing football for the Michigan State Spartans. So, um, you know, we go way back, man, but it's so good to have you on the show with us on tonight, man. Uh, well, I appreciate it, man. It's good to, um, you know, you, you from time to time, you know, you, when you go to high school or, or college with different people and you, you build a relationship with them, you always, and as time go by, people have families and whatnot, and you always wonder what the people are doing that you went to high school or college with, man. And I've been able to keep up with some of the people, and you are one of the guys that, you know, I watch from afar and what you've been able to do. Um, you know, with your radio radio show, being a minister, uh, writing books, man, I am so proud of you. You know, I can remember that day on stage uh, in, at Marfin High School, you gave the, the Dr. King speech. Wow. 
Wow. <laughs> uh, those memories are good, man. Those, you know, it's, it's not many times you have an opportunity to, to look back. Uh, like I said before, you know, you get so busy with your life and you have children, you have a family and you just get going with the day to day or, or things you or projects you have going. And rarely do you get a time to reflect on, you know, maybe your high school days or your college days. Uh, but anytime I can reflect on my college days, I mean, it's always, you know, obviously with the football team, but then I made sure I had, you know, friends outside the football team, whether it was you, Dewan, Mike, um, Dashe, which we call Mama Duke. Man, I can remember nights, you know, standing up, playing video games. You know, right, those right. were the good times. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Derek, man, let's let's get started with this interview, man. Um, you know, I uh, as I said, I'm just so happy that you that you're on the show, and you know, you had a decorated career, and we talked a little bit about that uh, in your bio. But you know, I want to know at what point early in your football training and development, whether it was your you know early adolescence and in middle school or as a teenager in high school at, at as a Mumford Mustang or as a star wide receiver at Michigan State, when did you think that you could make football a career for yourself? Um, you know, every this is not an opportunity that everybody, every young man that that has that desire gets an opportunity to do. You know, at what point did you did you really feel like football was going to be a career for you? And what was that decision process like? Uh, it wasn't really until maybe my junior year in college, uh, well, after the junior year, going into my senior year, where I thought there was a real possibility. Um, I had thought about, you know, leaving my junior year because I thought I had a good season, uh, but chose to, you know, come back and, and, and further my education and, and also mature as a player on the field. So it wasn't really until my junior year. You got to understand, I didn't, I grew up with, you know, three older brothers, one younger brother and two sisters. Um, football sports was a staple in my household. My older brothers play, uh, you know, two of them got scholarships um, to go to college. Um, so that was one of those staples in my household. But, for me, um, I enjoyed playing football, but I never thought that I would play football in high school or in college. My first time going out to play football, you know, with pads on, I quit after like two days. It wasn't for me. Uh, I was more so a black basketball guy. You know how basketball is in Detroit, man. Everybody thinks they got a jump shot. Uh, but it wasn't until my junior year after, you know, uh, many times, Coach Lynch, Robert Lynch, who was the um, track coach and football coach. At Mumford. Exactly, at Mumford High School. He would come to the gym room and say, you don't need to be playing basketball, you need to be playing football. And I would dismiss it every day, every day. And it wasn't until my junior year um, that I chose to go out for the football team. Um, I guess he saw something in me that my brother saw that I didn't really see and want to have anything to do with football other than watch it. I can remember my first game against Chad, um, no, against Henry Ford, uh, right side of the, uh, uh, we're on our sideline. Game went just down 60 yards down the sideline. From that point on, it just seemed like things just started to snowball 
in a positive way. Uh, ended up being all, all city, all state, all metro. Uh, got an opportunity to, you know, I was awarded a scholarship to go to Michigan State University. Uh, and it was funny because this is how, this is how I believe if you speak things into existence, they will be. Three, three years prior, uh, my brother, my, the, my brother that's older, uh, the, the third oldest, he was three years older than me. So he was a senior when I was a freshman. Um, he's getting recruited by a bunch of colleges. And um, there was one, one recruiter that came in. And he was talking with my mom and my dad. And, you know, I'm sitting there with them, and my brother's talking to him. He was, he was getting ready. He was a recruiter from Eastern Michigan. Um, not Charlie Baggett. Who was it? Gosh, I forget his name. I don't know why I'm forgetting his name right now. I can't. It is on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember. I remember it in a minute. I know I will. We're sitting in my mom. We're sitting in my parents' living room. And Bobby Williams, that's his, that's his name. Bobby. Oh, yeah, Bobby Williams, right. Absolutely, Bobby Williams. We're sitting in my mom and dad's living room. And as wow. Bobby Williams is walking out the door, my brother says to him, oh, don't worry, You'll be re- you, you will be back to recruit my little brother. I was not playing football then. I was, it was my ninth grade year, and I was just about hanging out, having fun, and I wasn't even thinking about football. But my brother said, you will be back to recruit my little brother. Three years later, Bobby Williams is in my parents' living room again, recruit me to go to Michigan State. That's why I said, if you speak things into if you speak things into existence and you believe in it, it'll come true. And you know, from there on, from that point, I was awarded a scholarship to go to Michigan State. And you know, there were some ups and downs in Michigan State. It wasn't all you know peachy creamy. Uh, my first semester there was horrible. Uh, I did more hanging out than studying. So my grades were horrible. I wanted to leave school. There was just a bunch of factors and things going on. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, that second semester where I talked with my parents, talking with my brothers, I kind of regrouped and, and got refocused. And after that, it was just everything started to, you know, kind of go along well again. Um, you know, having a really good friend like Sean, uh, being, a, being an advocate for you, um, a guy that was always in your corner, it was great to have, like that that not only was a roommate but ultimately became like a brother to me and, and still to this day he and I, you know, we keep in touch. Um, but he was an advocate for me. There was a bunch of other people. But it wasn't until my junior year, like I said, that I thought this football thing could become a reality. And, you know, lo and behold, um, you know, 1997, I get drafted in the fourth round by then the Tennessee Oilers, and which is now the Tennessee Titans. Right, right, and and that 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 actually segues into my next question because you're drafted in the fourth round of the NFL draft, and you know you you you're you're sitting there, you know, waiting for the phone to ring. You know, what was that feeling like to 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 finally get the phone call? that you're playing, that you've been drafted by the Tennessee Oilers at that time and uh, who eventually became the Tennessee Titans. You know, what What was that feeling like for you? It was, um, it was exciting. It was nerve-wracking. I was anxious. 
I was, I think every emotion that you could possibly have, I had it in that two-day period. Because back then, you know, the draft was, you know, two, three days, but the rounds, the rounds were long. But, you know, waiting for for two or three days for your name to be called in the fourth round, it was it, it, so many emotions. And, and, and mind you, you know, I, I had just, uh, at that time, I had just, like, eight months prior, you know, it was about a year prior, I had asked my, you know, longtime girlfriend to marry me. So we mm-hmm. were planning weddings and everything else. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, the draft come around. And what you got to understand about the draft is there are a lot of people telling you where you're going to get drafted. You're going to be a first rounder. You're going to be a second rounder. You're going to go here. You're going to go there. You're going to be a free agent. There's a bunch of things going on. So me, you know, my agent and people around me, hey, you should be drafted, you know, late second round, third round. So I'm, you know, second, third round, I'm sitting in front of the TV, and I'm like, okay, my name will be called pretty soon here. My name didn't get called in the second round. So that's when you start to, you know, get a little anxious. And they get called in the third round. So the next day, that Sunday, you know, I'm upset. Uh, you know, my family's there. And it's the fourth round by now. And, you know, well, actually, the day before Saturday, my name didn't get called. So all of a sudden, I just leave the house. And I go outside, and I just walk down the street. Mind you, I'm upset. I'm like, you know what? They're not going to draft and all these guys that went ahead of me. I was better than them. My, my, my numbers were better than them. You know, my everything that I thought, the, the, the requirements to get drafted in X round, I had, but I hadn't been drafted yet with guys that didn't have those numbers. They were drafted before me. So I left the house. Left the house, went for a walk, man. I was crying. I didn't know what to think. Am I going to get drafted? What's going to happen? And I can remember Sean coming out of the house. But Sean was there with me. Sean coming out of the house, he grabs me, and he, he and I have this long talk. And he, he said, don't worry about it, man. It's God's plan. Don't worry about it. Everything going to fall into place. And, you know, I kind of regrouped, went back in the house. So the next day, that morning, draft starts, I think at around 11 o'clock. Uh, my then fiance had already went off to church, um, and I'm sitting there waiting on my name to be called. Well, the second pick in the fourth round, I get a phone call from the Tennessee Titans. Well, Tennessee, that was probably the happiest I had been in a long time. To hear <laughs> your name called and to get a phone call from then the head coach of the Tennessee Oilers, which was um, Jeff Fisher. And so the other end of the telephone, I mean, it made all of those four years and then those two days of anguish, it made it all worth it. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Author and speaker, Dr. Eddie Connor. I, I was reading something the other day, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's been 50 years since uh, Dr. King was killed. 50 years later, they're still killing kings. 
you know, uh, to, to really speak truth to power, but also to, to speak to our young men about uh, police brutality, but also the whole spectrum that in many cases they live in the crosshairs of society. We can give them all the, the tips, tools, and things of the trade of how to govern yourself accordingly. But we see young men all across America, and we, you know, uh, in many cases we just become desensitized to a young man who is shot and killed because the police were threatened by the fact that he pulled something out of his pocket and it was a phone when they thought it was a gun. Practitioner and spokesperson, Dr. Victoria Dooley. I do feel strongly that as the African-American community and the church, we need to take mental illness more seriously, and we need to make it okay for somebody to seek out health care for mental health issues other than prayer. Absolutely, 100%. Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, Rochelle Riley. Uh, I, I can tell you, and before we leave uh, Ali, let me tell you that it wasn't just an interview with him, but my very first column called for the city of Louisville to have a museum for him because at that time there was nothing bearing his name except a little strip of street, you know, how it works in some cities where Martin Luther King Boulevard is in a part of town, but in the rest of the town it's named something else. That column ran and the mayor and other folks who knew better and who were embarrassed by it said, okay, it's time. And that helped lead to this effort that had been going on for some time to raise $80 million to build the Muhammad Ali Center, which now exists on the banks of the Ohio River. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. and lyricist Ty Scott King wishing radio host Michael Newman and the Thinking Out Loud radio show a happy second year anniversary. Y'all make sure y'all keep supporting, keep listening. This is God's work. So keep it locked in Jesus' name. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. enjoying our interview with my good friend former all pro wide receiver and radio host Derek Mason let's get back into this dynamic interview man I know you got that has that 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 was like it, it, it was it's a feeling that was probably unimaginable you probably couldn't even put it into words um, you know the uh the 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 euphoria the the excitement that you felt at that very moment and uh i you know i uh i can just imagine as a as a a fan of the sport myself watching the nfl draft watching 
you know, these things happen and being a friend of yours as well and, and seeing uh, and watching watching it from uh, from afar. I was not, you know, uh, there with you guys at the NFL uh, at your house watching it on television. But, you know, we definitely were rooting for you, praying for you that 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 you would get drafted. And uh, when we got the news, you know, we were excited for you as well. I know you guys are enjoying our interview with former NFL All-Pro wide receiver Derek Mason. Man, I'm so happy to have him on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And, uh, you know, we've just been talking about uh, his, his, his career and how he actually got started playing football uh, at Michigan State, Mumford uh, uh, High School, and and now uh, with the Tennessee Oilers and Tennessee Titans, you know, you as we 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 said, you know, you you have had such a decorated career as a wide receiver in the NFL. I just want you to share with some with our listeners some of your most memorable NFL games, man. You played with some. You've played in some very uh, special games, I know, man. I, you you played in Super Bowl, uh, was it 34, uh, with Eddie George? And, yep, man, and AF, in the AFC Championship games, you know. Tell our listeners about some of your most memorable games as a wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, I mean, first, it, it starts off with, getting that opportunity uh, in 1997. Because uh, mind you, when we moved here to Nashville, uh, we didn't have a stadium. Uh, we barely had a practice facility. So, man, we were, this is no lie, we were practicing behind a doctor's office on makeshift fields. What? Yes, we were sitting in the locker room with the doctor's office. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't good. I didn't think that, you know, coming to the NFL, I'm thinking, like, everything's top-notch. Man, the facility at, at Mumford was better than the facility we were in. My God. <laughs> yes, we were meetings out of trailers and everything else, but we made do. But we also played in Memphis, too. We played our home games in Memphis. Um, but the but to me, it started then. And I can remember first game of the season, Oakland Raiders. Uh, for a guy getting drafted, you know, in the fourth round. I wasn't even their first receiver drafted. They drafted a kid um, by the name of Joey Kent out of the University of Tennessee. He was their second-round pick. I was their fourth-round pick. And to just get an opportunity to start my rookie season, um, you know, first game of the season because the guy got hurt, that was probably one of the most memorable uh, moments for me because I put in all the hard work. And then when the season starts, a rookie fourth rounder gets to play in a NFL game and start against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, that was that was that's first on my list as as um, most memorable things. Now the second is it wasn't good because that same game, the first pass I caught, I fumbled. Oh, oh. <laughs> It, 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 it's all a part of the territory. And you catch a ball, and you're happy that you caught the ball, but you don't secure the ball. And you fumble wow. the ball, and it's Oakland's ball after that. But I learned from that play very quickly. Now, you know, other memorable moments, obviously the Super Bowl year, the Music City Miracle, Kevin Dyson running up the sideline. You know, we, we go to the next game. 
play in the, I mean, we play in Indianapolis, we beat Indianapolis, and we go to Jacksonville, who we had already played twice that year and beat them. Their only two losses during the season was to us in that 99 year. And then just so happened they lose to us again in the AFC Championship game. I had a kick return for a touchdown in that game. They kind of broke it wide open. Um, and we found ourselves uh, in the Super Bowl, um, you know, that 99 season. You know, just being in that game was memorable. Uh, it did end the way we wanted it to end. Uh, we were we came up a yard short. You know, just experiencing all that was was one of those things you can never take away from this team. We're all still good friends to this day. Um, a lot of guys still live here in Nashville, so that's a good thing. Um, another memorable moment for me, uh, I think when I became a full-time starter uh, versus the the uh, New York Giants, uh, Kevin Dyson had just got hurt, and uh, I was elevated uh, from third receiver, well, fourth receiver, to starting receiver um, in a matter of, you know, a couple of weeks. And, you know, just starting my, you know, as a full-time starter now after three years, after four years, actually, uh, that was another memorable moment. I had a really good game that game um, versus the New York Giants. We ended up winning that game here in, in, in Nashville. Uh, I mean, I can go down the line. There's been so many memorable days. I mean, just playing with Steve McNair, Eddie George, Ray Lewis, um, Jonathan Ogden, um, um, Ed Reed. I played with three Hall of Famers. Right. Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, and Jonathan Ogden. Terrell Suggs, I think he had eventually go in. Eddie should go in. Steve should go in. I mean, I played with some great players, and those are the things uh, that I remember the most is just the relationships that I built with these individuals. We won a lot of games. We lost a lot of heartbreaking games. I've been to AFC championships. I caught a bunch of passes. You know, I caught a bunch of touchdowns for a bunch of yardage. But the relationships that I built with these men, watching them, watching the greats of the game play, I think that was to me, uh, that was some of the most memorable moments. And then, you know, my kids, man, having my son on the field with me, you know, during practice. Uh, you know, he wasn't, you know, he, when I retired, my son was six years old, but just having him on the field with me, having my daughter at the games with me, um, those are moments that, you know, that I think every father, you know, enjoys being able to bring your kid to work with you and them being proud of you. Um, those are some of the, you know, the things that I can remember that are most memorable and dear to me. Wow, wow, man. I'm telling you, just listening to you give it's giving me chills, man. You, the the names that you've that you've evoked, uh, you know, Eddie George, Steve McNair, Ed Ed Reed, Ed Reed and, and Terrell Suggs, oh my God. Hall of Famers, you know, Ray Lewis, oh my God, you know. Those those guys and, 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 and you know, you're naming them like you 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 not you not only played with them but you were you were a fan of theirs but I'm sure if we talked to them they would say the same about you as well you know uh that that you were and uh and 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 are considered a great player in the NFL and thinking back to that Super Bowl game uh Super Bowl 34 I believe it was where 
you guys came up a yard short. I remember that play. Eddie George, if he stretched out just a yard, I mean, that, that we'd be having a different conversation. You, you, we'd be talking about <laughs> we talk Derek Mason, Super Bowl champion. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, and I try not to think about that as much uh, because those are some of the, you know, when you play for a long time, uh, and, and, and at that point in time, I was going into my uh, third year. I was just finishing up my third year. And you're talking about a young guy, 25 years old. You know, we're, 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 we're in a Super Bowl. We come up a yard short. I'm thinking, like, you know what, we'll be back. Oh, no doubt, we'll be back. We'll, we'll probably end up being one of the best teams in the National Football League, if not the best. I take it for you know I take it for granted you know not knowing that that would be the last time that we would be in the Super Bowl that I would get an opportunity to experience a game of that magnitude. Now I've been AFC Championship games, but there's nothing um, like a Super Bowl. So coming up a yard short, I mean there was there was this. The emotions throughout that game, it just went back and forth. The Rams dominated. We were the St. Louis Rams then. They're the L.A. Rams. The second half, we dominated it. And we found ourselves trailing by seven points. And A. George, I mean, did a magnificent job that second half of running the football. And made one of the, the you know, unforgettable plays in, 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 in Super Bowl history, um, you know, being basically he was tackled by Kevin Carter and he found some way to get out of the grasp of a guy that's six six, three hundred pounds. Somehow, some way he was able to get out of that. Superman. To Kevin Dyson to uh, to continue to drive and then the last play of the game, he hits Kevin uh, on a slant route. And um Jones, who was the linebacker for the Rams, he just made an excellent play because that was a play designed to be a walk-in touchdown, and he played it exactly right, and Kevin Dyson came up a yard short. So, you know, as a young guy, like I said, I thought we were going to be back. And there was, uh, there was no doubt in my mind we were going to be the dominant team next year. We were the dominant team, but we ended up losing to the Baltimore Ravens, who won the Super Bowl the next following year. Right. Wow. Wow. But, you know, you got a chance to play in the biggest game of the uh, uh, of, uh, uh, you know, of your life in the Super Bowl. I mean, not too many players that have had the opportunity to even play in the league can can even say that that they've they've played in the Super Bowl. Um, and, and that is that's tremendous. And again, just listening to you tell some of these stories is just giving me chills because. Um, I'm a fan of the game, and um, I'm talking to somebody that's actually played in the, in, in the NFL and have played on the on the biggest stage and has has been successful. You know, I know you guys are enjoying our interview with my good friend, former All Pro NFL wide receiver uh, Derek Mason. Man, so happy to have him on the Thinking Out Loud radio show and. You know, we have really been talking about his NFL career and some of the guys that he's played with some on some of the 
uh, biggest games on the biggest stage. And, uh, you know, if you're enjoying this like I am, then this this is definitely uh, uh, this is definitely one of the great shows that I'm sure um, you, you'll be talking about uh, f- for a while now, you know, uh, talking to someone of this caliber on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And, you know, Derek, you retired in 2012 after playing 15 years in the league. You know, you've had a decorated NFL career. And, um, you know, uh, according to your, you know, to according to your stats, you've broken a lot of records uh, for the Baltimore Ravens and Tennessee Titans. You were, you know, nominated for the NFL Hall of Fame in 2019. Decorated career, man. Looking back at it, how would you characterize your career as an NFL All-Pro wide receiver? Oh, man. You know, it's hard for me. Uh, I don't think I look at it the way other people do. Um, I look at it as, you know, it's just a byproduct of, you know, me playing with a lot of really good people, uh, a byproduct of, you know, brothers instilling the will to never quit, the will to continue to fight. It's a byproduct of, you know, having good friends in your life. It's a byproduct of having a good family, uh, people that are taking care of things while you're, you know, taking care of a job on the field. Uh, it's just a byproduct of a kid growing up in, in Detroit enjoying the game of football, uh, never knowing that he would ever get an opportunity to play in the NFL. Um, It's a byproduct of a guy just working hard, a guy never giving up, a guy that always found each and every year another way to reinvent himself. Um, So, uh, I mean, I I think I had a, a really, really good career. I think in my eyes I had a great career. Uh, I did just about everything I wanted to do. Um, I met, like I said, I met a lot of really good people, um, played in a lot of meaningful games. Um, and my career, I got out of my career what I put into it. Uh, and what I put into it was my heart and soul. And what I got back from it was just that. Everything that I put in, I got out of it. So when I retired, Mike, man, I was good. I was done. I didn't think, man, maybe I should go back. No, I felt that everything I gave football, football gave back to me. Not too many people can say that. So I enjoyed it. I had fun. I think I had a really, really good career. Some would call it great. I just think I did what I was supposed to do as a football player. Um, And that was to go out there, play as hard as I possibly could, and, 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 and just be there for my teammates, be consistent and be there for my teammates. And that's what I was. You're tuned in to the thinking. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is the anniversary show featuring meteorologist Denise Isaac and the music of lyricist Ty Scott King. <laughs> 
this from NBC 10's Boston Denise Ice. What advice would you give a young person looking to get into this profession? Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. So continue to work hard. It's not easy. Uh, you may have to move to different cities, but it's okay. Really stay humble, you know, and, and learn as much as you can. Learn from others. Don't gossip. Because once again, it's a small business. You may think you will never see uh, this person again. And then all of a sudden, guess what? You're tuned in to the Three Hour Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specialize in custom-made all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691. That's 248-820-3691 and order your custom basket today. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Hey, this is Wayne Bradley from American Urban Strategies, your favorite Republican. I just wanted to give a special congratulations to my friend, Michael Nimmons, and Thinking Out Loud Radio on his two-year anniversary. Make sure you listen in every week. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. You enjoyed our interview with my good friend, former All Pro wide receiver and radio host Derek Mason. Let's hear the conclusion of this dynamic interview. Wow! Wow! Absolutely! Absolutely! I know you are enjoying our interview with my good friend former NFL All-Pro wide receiver Derek Mason. We're just talking about his NFL career. And, you know, I want to shift gears, Derek, and talk about the NFL now, the NFL today. A lot of things going on in the league and, you know, love to get your input and your thoughts on that. You know, looking at the state of the NFL now, you know, what are some things that stand out to you that, you know, either make the league great uh, or, you know, some things that, that, that you think the need, the league needs to improve on? Um, you know, I, I think the league, what, what has made it so a wonderful sport is that they've been able to uh, capture the essence of, of what it truly is to be a football player. They've allowed the fans to get a glimpse 
not just a glimpse, but, you know, inside view that they've never given before in years prior. Uh, uh, truly a look at what these guys go through day in and day out, how these guys prepare, how they travel, uh, you know, what they're doing outside of football. Uh, it's given football a personality. It's allowed the fans to get inside of the helmet because for so long, only thing you saw was a jersey and the name on the back and the number. You didn't know who happy. You didn't know what happy these guys looked like unless they were marquee players. The NFL has done such a wonderful job at not just marketing the jersey, but showing you there's truly a person inside the jersey. Now there are a bunch of there are some things that the NFL can do better. I understand that, but I think they've done a really good job at allowing the fan that really enjoys the game of football, and then bringing in new fans, women fans. Um, you know, people that probably never really enjoyed the game, but now they watch it and they enjoy it because now they get to know the person instead of the team. I think the NFL has done a wonderful job at that. Again, they can do more. I understand that. They've made the game a lot safer than what it used to be, uh, you know, because a lot of guys were suffering from, from CTE. They were suffering from just lingering injuries. And the NFL, you know, it, I say the NFL needs to be more proactive. I think the NFL has been reactive on a lot of a lot of issues. The 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 health and wellness of players, they've been more reactive than proactive. But even with that, they found a way, um, after years of research and, and, and then the the players really putting the, the you know, the the sort of the owners, you know, foot to the fire they've made this game a lot safer than what it used to be. They've cut down practice. They've cut down the hitting. Uh, you know, they've made it in such a way where these guys, it's still, a, it's still a violent sport. It's still a physical sport. But a lot of those things that they were able to do, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they can't do anymore. And it's allowing these guys to play a little bit longer. It's allowing these guys, these guys to have a life after. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a very good point, and I'm glad you mentioned that because you, you know, segue right into my next question. I mean, you you must be looking at my my questions, uh, because <laughs> because you know, just just uh, just yesterday, uh, we're you know, um, uh, we're talking about uh, quarterback, uh, starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, Andrew Luck. Uh, surprised uh, retirement announcement and um, you know from all for most of the reports is because of uh, health reasons that uh, he made the decision to step away from football I believe at the age of uh, 20 I think he's in his mid 20s I'm not sure 29 29 years old Um, and and so you know I mean that was a that was a shocking retirement uh, announcement that sent shockwaves through the NFL, you know, after the Indianapolis Colts lost the uh, preseason uh, uh, game to the the Chicago Bears here, their starting quarterback announces a week before uh, the season starts that he's retiring, you know, and um, again, from all, from most of the reports I've heard, I'm not sure if you've heard something different, it's because of 
uh, health challenges or or health reasons, um, you know, that being uh, a part of the decision process that he made. And so, you know, I, I asked you, I, I want to know first, you know, what did you think of the announcement uh, coming from a star quarterback like that, Andrew Luck, who, you know, is the franchise quarterback for, for the Indianapolis Colts. And you can imagine, you know, what that that franchise is going through right now. I'm hearing fans are demanding their season tickets back from the front office and they're, you know, they booed Andrew Luck as he walked off the field, uh, headed to the press conference to make the announcement. So I want to know from you, you know, what were your initial thoughts about his retirement announcement? And do you think the fans were justified in booing Andrew Luck, um, you know, losing the game to the Bears and then making this surprise announcement about retiring from the league? Um, you know, I, I was shocked just like everyone else um, because I don't think he wanted the – I don't think he wanted the news to come out in that way. But obviously um, someone told Adam Schefter, uh, who who does a lot of good reporting, uh, and he tweeted it out, uh, you know, that from his sources – Andrew Luck was going to retire. Everybody around the league thinking that, you know, Indianapolis was going to be one of the teams that were were going to be vying for a spot in the super, this year's Super Bowl. From that to all of a sudden now he's retiring. Uh, I know 100% of the people were shocked because it didn't come from Andrew Luck. They didn't hear it from Andrew Luck. They heard it via social media from Adam Schefter, and you just got to imagine, um, I, listen, I, I think the fans could have handled that a different way, um, you know, because he gave them, you know, seven good years. Um, that team was struggling before Andrew Luck got drafted right after Peyton Manning got injured. They struggled that year, and then when they drafted Andrew Luck, they all of a sudden go to go 11-5. and five. The guy was a transcending talent. So he gave them seven great years. When he was healthy, he was a top top five, top six quarterback in the national football. I would I want to think Glass have four here and say once they had an opportunity to think about it and then hear Andrew Luck's press conference, they probably thought, you know what, I understand. The guy's been beat up. It's hard for him to, you know, to get around. Um, he's mentally drained. He's physically drained. He wants to have a life after football, and if he keeps doing this, he will not. So hopefully once you heard that, you thought, you know what, I get it. I may not like it. He was my favorite player. We were going to go to the Super Bowl with him. I may not like it, but I get it. I respect it, and then you move on. I know you guys are enjoying our interview with my good friend, former NFL All-Pro wide receiver Derek Mason. So happy to have him on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're chopping it up, talking about the NFL and, you know, some of the things that are going on in the league. And, of course, man, I cannot um, uh, let you go without talking a little bit about um, you know what's 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 going on with uh, Jay Z and the NFL uh, partnership uh, announcement. You know um, a lot has been 
discussed. A lot has been talked about. We've even blogged about it as well, uh, because you know uh, anybody that's 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 looked at this whole situation with uh, Jay Z and the NFL partnership and Colin Kaepernick. You know, it just seems to me that um, uh, that. Uh, more could have been done. And, and yes, I don't want to sound like we're jumping to uh, conclusions and, and, and things still have to be uh, kind of um, uh, mapped out. Um, and maybe and maybe that's part of the problem, that the announcement might have been premature in a sense, that they should have uh, really t- uh, took the time to kind of specify what some of those things were going to be done as it relates to the partnership for the social uh, social justice, the social justice or the cause of social justice movement uh, with the with Rock Nation and the NFL. And and that wasn't done. It just sounded to me like it was just going to be a series of concerts or, you know, for the Super Bowl halftime show or halftime shows in general that Rock Nation would now be um, kind of heading up. Uh, in their partnership with the NFL, but Jay Z, of course, has taken a lot of the um, uh, a lot of the blame for um, not involving Colin Kaepernick in this partnership, especially given the fact that he was uh, that that Colin it, it was because of his protests uh, for the uh, the cause of social justice. Um, you know, d- deciding to take a knee during the national anthem that, um, you know, gave, in some respects, Jay-Z the opportunity to sit at the table with the commissioner of the NFL to talk about, uh, you know, a partnership uh, for the cause of social justice. So I say all that to ask the question of you, what do you think of um, of, of what's going on with uh, Jay-Z and, and NFL and Colin Kaepernick? Do you think that... Um, uh, that uh, Jay-Z went about this the right way uh, with the league. Um, you know, could he have done more with, uh, you know, possibly even um, trying to negotiate a deal for Colin Kaepernick because he's still unemployed. I've heard people say, well, that's not that's not Jay-Z's job to uh, try to negotiate a job for Colin Kaepernick. But in so, in, you know, I just can't, I can't get past the fact that if it was not for Colin Kaepernick, uh, Colin Kaepernick's protest for the cause of social justice and the, uh, you know, the police, the, the Black Lives Matter movement and the police brutality that's impacted the, the communities of black and brown people, you know, we wouldn't be at this point. Uh, with uh, Jay-Z and partnering with the NFL. So I kind of want to get your thoughts about all of this and uh, and, and, and how do uh, we move forward? Uh, well, here's the thing. Um, and, and, and you're right. We only time will tell whether, you know, this was the right move by Sean Carter um, or not. Um, and I think that's one of several problems that people have. Um, here's the problem with that press conference is that you didn't have a set plan on 
what was going to happen now that you're involved in this. Because you've been at this with Roger Goodell for over a year. So you're telling me the day that we announced it, mind you, on a three-year anniversary of the day Colin Kaepernick first kneeled, you, y'all have this big conference, you know, this, 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 this made-for-television thing where, you know, Jay-Z and Sean Carter's going to come out, he's going to team up with the NFL. You tell me all of this, and you don't have a plan? That's like coming to a bank after you've been telling this bank, you know, for a year, you know, I want to open a business, I want to open a business. Well, you go to the bank, and you don't have a business plan. So that's the first problem. The second problem is the the comment that we are past kneeling. Let me ask you something. Did Dr. King, did we ever hear Dr. King say we're past marching? No. No, we've never heard Dr. King say we're past marching. He's never, not, not once, in the, in the speeches that I've heard, the books that I've read, not once did he say, we are past marching. And I guarantee you, if he was alive today, he wouldn't say we are past marching. And I don't think we are past kneeling because there are guys that are still kneeling. There are guys that are still, that still feel the same way that they felt a year or two ago. Mind you, Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. And here's another point for you. Mike, say you and I are part of the movement. We're marching and, and we get thrown in jail. And then all of a sudden, you know, they want to um, say, you know what, listen, you're, you're right. Uh, we're going to let some, you know, somebody's going to come in here, some new energetic person is going to come in here, and we're going to let you sit at the table, and, 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 and we're going to give you just about everything you want. We're going to make it look shiny and good, and we're going to forget about the people that are still in jail. If I come to the table isn't the first thing I'm going to do is say, whoa, whoa, before we get anything started, we need to get these people out of jail first. Let's get Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL, at least a shot on a team first before we start. He needs to be in this meeting with us before we, need, before we start talking about anything injustice because he was the catalyst. He was the guy that ignited the fire. How can I now take the torch, so to speak, and leave him behind? I can't do that. So before we have a talk, Roger Goodell, in the NFL, Colin Kaepernick needs to be in this room with us, and he needs to have an opportunity to play a game that he loves. They did none of that. Colin wasn't in the room. They said, Jay-Z said, you know, we're past Millie, which I thought was the most asinine thing in the world. Excuse my French. That was bad optics because, Jay-Z, you may be past Millie, but – the guys that are still kneeling, the guys that are still fighting for injustice, they're not past kneeling. And another problem is this, and I've, and I've listened to a lot of people, is that sometimes, just sometimes, black folks don't call to the table our own people. And what, mm-hmm. I, and what I mean by that is sometimes some people are, are beyond reproach that, you know, we can't say anything about them. There's only so many of us, so we can't say anything about them. Call a spade a spade. We still love you. We still rock with you. But wrong is wrong. And what mm. Jay-Z did was completely wrong because he had no plan when they asked him. 
what you say you're going to do, uh, even though he didn't say he was going to do much in that press conference um, from what we heard. But, you know, people want to see, you know, okay, you're in the room. Let's make something happen. What people don't understand is everybody's screaming that, oh, Jay-Z's at the table now. We should be happy that one of us is at the table. And what I've told people is this. Just because you're at the table doesn't mean we all eat the same. We can let you sit there, but you ain't eating the steak and filet mignon and the, and the good stuff we're eating. Hey, listen, he, he said he was going to do something. Only time will tell, but the clock is ticking. <laughs> well put, well put. Man, I, I I know you guys are enjoying our interview with my good friend, uh, NFL, former NFL uh, wide out, wide receiver, uh, all pro wide receiver, um, Derek Mason. I'm so happy to have him on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And, you know, we're getting ready to wrap this interview, man. I, I really just enjoyed my time talking to you. You know, as we as we get ready to the interview winds down, I want to know, uh, Derek, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about your morning show uh, you've been doing. And and then um, you've also, according to your bio, you you also have a foundation. So share with us some of the things that you've been doing after football. You know, we've talked about your decorated career and, uh, you know, and, and uh, nominated for the NFL Hall of Fame. I mean, that is a tremendous honor in and of itself. And so uh, share with our listeners some of the things that you're doing after football. You know, we're raising two beautiful children, uh, my daughter, Bailey. She's a junior in college. Uh, my son, Derek, um, he's a senior in high school. Um, he wants to be a doctor. Um, so we're, we're, we're setting up all these college visits to, to universities that have good medical programs. My daughter wants to be a fashion designer, so she's at one of the top fashion design schools in the country. So, you know, the best thing that I'm doing right now and most important thing is being a dad. Uh, to two wonderful children, and that's just a blessing in itself. I'm part owner of a company called Swift Wick, S-W-I-F-T, W-I-C-K. It's Swift Wick Socks. We've been in um, existence for uh, 12, 13 years now. Uh, everything is manufactured um, here in the States. Um, we do all of our distribution here in, in, in Tennessee, uh, you can check the website out at swiftwick.com. Um, best socks in the world. Check them out. Um, I think you'll really love them. Uh, we got some cool designs um, or whatnot. So doing that, um, the radio show in the morning, um, you know, from 6 to 10, the morning drive, myself, Mikhail, Brayden Gall on 102.5 The Game. The three of us have been together for over a year now. But I've been on that station going on four years now, the midday show, so with Darren McFarland and Willie Donick. Um, but then I since moved to the morning show. And I'm loving it, man. I've done some TV work for the Big Ten Network. Um, I've done some, thing with the, some things with the NFL Network. Um, so I started long ago doing media stuff. Even while I was playing, I had my own radio show here in Nashville. And then when I went to Baltimore. So... I got the itch. I knew this is what I wanted to do. Uh, I knew I couldn't play the game forever, but I still wanted to be around it. 
Um, so what better way than to talk about it? Um, and then I can critique and talk about whoever I want to. <laughs> you know, my foundation, uh, we do a lot of work. Uh, right now, I'm a board member of STARS here in Nashville. Um, so we, we've been doing a lot of work with them over the past, uh, man, four or five years. And what STARS is, you know, the, the mission of STARS is to help young people pursue their um, unlimited uh, potential. So we got several different programs within STARS um, that's going to, that helps you know, um, children of all ages. We got our SAP program. We got our, our kids on a block program, our men's program, our deaf pro, um, a, a deaf program for hearing impaired, and then our Yoda program. So, if you want to check them out, go to starsnashville.org. Um, they are doing some tremendous work here in Nashville. So, my foundation um, has partnered up with them. Uh, we do several events each year. Um, you know, the foundation donates money to, to stars. So, you know, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm trying to just be, you know, a good Samaritan. I'm trying to be, try my best to be a philanthropist. I'm trying to do what God has put me in a position to do. And I have truly enjoyed uh, our conversation on tonight. And I know that you have enjoyed us talking with uh, former NFL All-Pro wide receiver Derek Mason. I cannot tell you how excited I have, I am and have been listening to him and, and sharing with him and he's sharing with us, the listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio show on tonight. It has truly, truly been a blessing. And uh, I just uh, thank him so much for carving out time out of his schedule uh, to be with us and to share with us uh, on tonight. And I know that you have been blessed as well. Thank you so much, Derek, man. I truly appreciate you, man, and love you to life. Uh, I pray that, that there will be, that your brighter days are still yet ahead of you, uh, that, that, that the best for you is still yet to come, that uh, blessings for you and your children, your entire family uh, are, are, um, are right uh, in front of you, man. And thank you so much for being with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, thank you, man. I really do appreciate it. I enjoyed it, man. I enjoy catching up. I enjoy, you know, sharing my experiences uh, in the NFL and just in life in general. Um, so thank you for having me on, man. Anytime I'm here, um, you can have me on. If you need my voice, I'm here. Thank you so much, and uh, and we will be, we'll definitely be in touch. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Christian recording artist Good Son, and when I'm in Detroit, I'm always rocking with my man Mike Nimmons on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Yeah. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Yeah. Wait, 
What's up? This is your brother, Boyd White III, pastor of the Ark Detroit, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Two of our discussion of when they see us with attorney and pastor Boyd White. What role does the church play in helping us to build bridges between the police and the black community? Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. What Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois said in the early 20th century is the same today, that the color question will always be the number one question in America. So the church has to find its place in that discussion. So our theology has to be broad enough to say, I want to help everybody who needs help, whether they're black or white or gay or straight. Does that mean that I need to affirm them? No. I affirm what the Bible affirms. But the Bible would say that if somebody's getting their hair busted unfairly, I'm not going to sit and ask you what your faith is, what your sexuality is. I'm going to say to this person, bust you upside the head, that you're wrong, and I'm going to stop you from doing that. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Downloads, rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Available on Apple Podcast, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at MichaelNimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. that you were insufficient who told you that you were a loser who told you that you were a failure who told you that you were deficient who told you that you were nothing who told you that you were worthless who told you that you had no value who told you that you Who Told You That You Were Naked is a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. 
In this week's thought of the week, we asked the question, is God a sports fan? A question that I'm sure we've all thought about at one time or another. And more than likely came to the swift conclusion that God could care less about sports. There are far too many other important things on God's list of priorities than whether a team wins or loses. On the surface, that would appear to be a logical and reasonable answer to this seemingly outlandish question. Is God a sports fan? After all, there are so many bigger and more pressing issues that God should be concerned about, like world hunger, world peace, racism, terrorism, and the list goes on and on. But while this may be true, let's consider for a moment the logistics of this question. Is God a sports fan? Those of us who believe in God would like to think, whether seriously or facetiously, that God does minimally care about the things that we care about. And if we love sports or have an affinity for a sports team, then God does care about our sports teams as well. Well, that's just one side of it and may be considered the fan side. But then there's the athlete side of it and there are sports programs across the country and even the world that set aside time to acknowledge God during practices, before and after games and weekly services the athletes can attend you even see during games when teammates and even opposing team members are injured, players come together in prayer and solidarity for their fellow brothers of the gridiron, hoping that God will intervene on their behalf. And it's refreshing to see athletes who sometimes participate in seemingly violent and barbaric sports set aside time for their spiritual growth and development. I'm not sure if all of this is done for a team to gain favor with God or not, but it's still inspiring to see men who've invested a lot of time and energy in their physical development in sports they desire to dominate understand that there is a being far greater and with much more power than they can even imagine. And he can help them not just be a better athlete, but to be an even better person. I truly believe this is why athletes like Colin Kaepernick and Ed Reed and others continue to kneel during the national anthem because they're not just appealing to the human aspect of the cause of social justice but they're appealing to the spiritual aspect of it as well they understand that God is not a respecter of person he doesn't care more for one race over another but he cares just as much for the black and brown young men who are being brutalized by corrupt white police officers as he does for the men and women in blue that serve and protect the citizens of this country on a regular basis. He cares just as much about the immigrants that are being detained and deported by a racist and narcissistic administration as much as he cares for the people within this racist and narcissistic administration. So does God care about sports? Is God a sports fan? Yes, he certainly is. I believe he cares about sports just as much as he cares about the poor and indigent. He cares about sports just as much as he cares about the humble and the meek. He cares about sports just as much as he cares about the weak and the feeble. 
He cares about sports just as much as he cares about you and I. He's a God that can multitask and still be as personable and accessible to you than he is to everyone else in the entire world. He's a God that's a fan of the Spartans and the Wolverines, the Lions and the Tigers, the Patriots and the Eagles, and judicious enough to treat them all the same, but loving enough to make them both feel special to him. This indeed is the greatness of God. He's a God of the strong and the weak. He's a God of the rich and the poor. He's a God of the white and the black. He's a God of the citizen as well as the immigrant. He's a God of you and I. So whether your team makes it to the championship game or not, whether they have a winning season or not, whether they're on top or at the bottom, whether you're on the winning or losing side, just know that God is in your corner. God is rooting for you. God is cheering for you. God is on your side. We want to give a special thanks to my good friend, former All-Pro wide receiver and radio host, Derek Mason, for being on the show with us on tonight. It was great catching up with you, man. We definitely got to have you back on to talk Michigan and Michigan State in November. It's one thing we didn't talk about, but we got to talk about it. So let's set that interview up. Let's do that. We want to do that in November. If you want to keep up with Derek and all that he's doing, you can follow him on Twitter and IG at dmason. 85. That's D-E-E-M-A-S-O-N 85. Well, hit him up on Facebook at Derek Mason. You can also check out his line of socks at SwiftWicks.com. That's S-W-I-F-T-W-I-C-K-S.com. Thank you for tuning in to tonight's show. We truly, truly appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed it. I just love geeking out about football. You know, that's my one of my favorite sports. So this was a show that I've always wanted to do, and I'm so glad that I was able to do it with my good friend. Don't forget to tune in next week. We're going to have another great show in store for you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. And don't forget to vote for the Detroit Youth Choir. We want to see these young people make it to the America's Got Talent finals. And to do so, just go to NBC.com forward slash AGT. That's NBC.com forward slash AGT. And there you get all the information you need to know on how you can vote for these great young people. So until next time, guys, always remember, if you can think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening.
Thank you for listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Be sure to support all of our radio show partners. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Want to book radio show host Michael Nimitz for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnimitz.com. Be sure to follow the show on all of its social media accounts on Instagram at the TOL Radio Show, on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, or on our Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Are you an entrepreneur? Want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud Radio Show partner and take advantage of our free and introductory advertising offers. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at gmail.com for more details. Visit the new home of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at www.michaelnemis.com forward slash TOL Radio Show. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.